Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Um, almost April Fool's Day. Uh, you're listening to Vox Poetica's 15 Minutes of Poetry. I'm Anne-Marie Lockhart, and I have a um, really great guest today who um, you might recently have heard on Cassie Primo Steele's co-creating show. His name is Corey Messler, and he's a wonderful writer. Hi, Corey. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Anne-Marie. My pleasure. I enjoy anything you? that I can. I enjoy anything I can do in my pajamas. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> no one has to know what we're wearing. <laughs> and I I hope you have your uh, cup of tea at the ready. Since, I, have, um, I have a glass of water, yes, thank you. You know, since the coffee is, uh, is it, it bedevils the both of us. Uh, oh, I, I forgot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I still miss my coffee. Me too. I think one day maybe we'll stop, but I don't know. People tell me that doesn't stop. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, My stomach doesn't miss it, you know. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I have to remind myself of that. (laughs) You have uh, some great stuff to read for us, so why don't you start with the first one? Okay. All right. Uh, This is from my forthcoming book, obviously. Uh, Mm -hmm. Book of called Before the Great Troubling, and the first poem I'd like to read is a poem about my father, uh, who's no longer with us, and uh, this is just one of those father-son things. It's called Removing Stumps. My father, broad-backed and sweating, would dig a moat around the thing, chopping at exposed roots with a long-handled axe. He let me take a few swings. Your uncle split his foot with one of these, he told me, as I hacked like a thin, like a thin-limbed girl. Some of them he drilled holes in, filled the holes with motor oil, and let them burn slowly. Taking out stumps was an all-day adventure. By the time I left home, our lot had been reduced from 72 trees to a sturdy half-dozen. The wilderness we moved into in 1961 became a suburb, Overnight, I saw my father not as a developer or despoiler of the natural landscape, but as a man larger than life, whose hands were like vices, whose arms were thick with veins. I am not that kind of man. Here in middle age, I reflect on this and know that I am other. Defeated by tools, letting trees have their tangled, hard-won territory, I could no more remove a stump than fly. Instead, I show my son the latest poem I've had published, hoping he sees in it something magical, something only a Superman could manage. <clears throat> what a great poem! Thank you. Um, have you have you um, have your has your son read that poem? It's hard to say what my son has read of mine. <laughs> he's, he's 22 now, and I've I've been after him for years to uh, to read one of my novels or books and comment, and that's yet to happen. <laughs> well, when did you write this poem? Would be another question I have about it. Um, you know, I was trying to think about that before I read it because I almost said that I wrote it before Dad died, but I, I don't think that, that mm. must not be true, because that would have been nine years ago, and, and this is new. Mm. So it, it must have been in, in a, uh, an in-memoriam poem. 
It's the um, the cyclical nature of it is is great, and the way it ties in the beginning and finding the new thread. You know, that's what what I find um, interesting about it. That regenerative quality to it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. And it's got that you know natural uh, theme that we associate so much with father son poems, but even that you know it brings it back into the art form itself and makes it um, it makes it something we can touch in a very different way. That's one of the things about the book, I think, as a whole. Uh, you know, the cover is a particularly beautiful picture by the artist Rebecca Tickle, and it's called Lance, um, Landscape. No, it's not called Landscape. Hold on. I have the title of it right here. It's a, it is a landscape, and it's beautiful, and it's pastoral, and it's pretty, and it's that. The book is not about landscape, so to speak, but I think it's um, it's, in fact, in some ways, almost the perfect image for the book. The yeah. cover is called um, Hiding in Shadow, which I, I think is also kind of <laughs> kind of perfect. Um, how did you perfect. select that cover, that art, to bring well, out your work? Rebecca is uh, my, one of my best friends, and I think she and I are sort of working on parallel lines, even though she's a painter and I'm a poet. Um, mm. I, I loved this painting as soon as she did it, and I told her that I wanted it to be the cover of one of my poetry books. The sky speaks to me, and uh, mm. you know, the sky. Mm-hmm. The sky is a great metaphor, of course, for many things. But one of the things it's a metaphor for is the mind, uh, mm. and wherein thoughts are ideas, and and clouds are, you know, literally the the clouding of the mind or ideas floating through. There's so much you can do with it. And, and I don't know, Rebecca and I just, and the, and the title of her painting is, that's, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the book. It's so much of the book, you know, yeah. I, I think that's perfect. I um, think it's just serendipity so, on our part that, that we came together on, on this. It's uh, yeah, it totally being works. in sync, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, how many books have you written? And you know, seem born at this stage. Oh golly! <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> something like twenty. Something like twenty. Um, all right. I'm going to ask you a question that I don't know. You know, I wouldn't. We're not allowed to ask this of parents, but I'm going to ask it of you. So, of the of your books, which is your favorite, or which are your few favorites? You know, which ones do you hold closest to your heart? Ugh, that's hard. I'm still really partial to my first novel, which I wrote entirely mm. in dialogue. Uh, it, it's very experimental, and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even know how long a novel was supposed to be. I didn't know I was writing a novel till I was halfway into it. Uh, mm. and, it and it's a sort of naive book that way, but but at the same time, it, it has an energy to it that I, that I might not have matched again. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Now, of, my, of my poetry publications, this this one that that you're doing that's fixing to come out is my is my favorite. You know, um, what I'm curious about, and we're talking about these different genres of work that you've done. How do you? You just said you didn't know it was a novel until you were halfway through it. How do you know when you're working on something? This is poetry. This is novel. This is experimental form fiction. How do you know that? Generally, I know whether it's going to be a poem or or fiction. Uh, some, you know, sometimes, of course, they come out as crossbreeds, as as prose yeah. poems or or sudden fiction or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but a, a poem, to me, 
almost starts to take shape in my mind be- before I actually mm. turn on the page, uh, that how long the lines are going to be, uh, what kind of line breaks there are going to be. I can I can almost see the shape of the poem as I start it. So prose isn't like that since prose is just big chunky blocks of words. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's the big difference. But I never know in prose whether I'm right, you know, how long a thing I'm writing. I guess until I'm well into it. Mm. You have another poem that you're going to read for us. Yes, I'd love to. Uh, this is one that uh, that my wife would pick, I think, because uh, she likes me to be funny rather than morose, <laughs> um, <laughs> as wives do. Uh, this is called "Someone Told Me It's All Happening at the Zoo." The bonobos came out to greet us. We hadn't visited in a while. They told us the capybaras were expecting. The ligers started drinking again, and the creeping voles, well, no one knows what's going on with the creeping voles. <laughs> they haven't been the same since the canis lupus moved in next door. We thanked them for the latest, began our peregrinations with the falcon. All the birds were praying. Later, in front of the larger cats, we were feeling uneasy. Something about the way they wore their hats, something about the redecoration they had done with the bones of latecomers. That evening at home, we ran down all that we had seen, thankful again to be the top of the food chain and to understand the need for our cages, which lock on the inside. Such a fun poem, but also so layered back, referring back to um, Rebecca's title. You know, there's so much to it. You see the first layer, and then you have to look deeper. Um, when you wrote that, so was the word play part of what took shape immediately for you, or did you add a lot of that into it later? The, the word play comes as I go. You know, it, you know, if it, if it's going to work for me, uh, the mm-hmm. word play, the word plays there as I as I write. You know, it's just like that old thing of uh, the writing teaches you how to write it as you go. So mm-hmm. sometimes I don't know if a poem's going to be funny or dark or whatever when I started, and I'm often surprised. <laughs> do you ever change it up? Do you ever write it one way and decide, no, nah, that's totally not the right thing. I have to do that completely different? Oh yeah, I've torn them to pieces and started over again. Uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes funny doesn't work, <laughs> and that's uh, funny. Funny can be hard, and and when funny doesn't work, yeah. uh, sometimes you just have to scrap it all and start over. <laughs> um, do you write every single day, or do you skip it sometimes? Do you have set periods of time, or is it very free form? I I write every single day. I learned discipline sometime late in life. And uh, mm. it, it's helped by the fact that I married the most understanding woman in the world, and uh, <laughs> she she doesn't make me come to work till I'm ready. So basically, I I get up at five every morning, uh, and mm. I have from five until I feel like going to the bookstore to write. So mm. I, I should have a lot done. <laughs> when people say I've written a lot, I I always say, well, I should because I've got the time. Well, and you've got the time, but you also have the um, commitment to to taking the task further. You know, a lot of people write, and the the part that seems daunting is pursuing publication. But you have have done that, and you've done that several times over. And you know, that doesn't seem to be the daunting part of it for you, which is great. 
No, you know, except for except for February of this year when all I got was rejections. I don't know what happened, but the, the stars <laughs> didn't align for me. Uh, I enjoy submitting. I enjoy writing cover letters and talking to editors, and it, it's all part of it. It is, and it, I think maybe um, once you get used to it, it's not as scary, or it just feels different. It feels like part of it that you can kind of incorporate. I think the first few times maybe is the most intimidating. Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. You're you know, and it's hard because I sometimes, you know, thinking as a writer and thinking as an editor are different. And I know Mm -hmm. that um, I have to make sure I'm wearing the right hat, you know, one Mm -hmm. moment to the next. Um, You have a bookstore. So tell us a little bit about what's going on in the world of the independent bookseller. Oh, we're all dying. (laughs) No, we don't like to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) People aren't reading books. Uh, It's, you know. We bought a 135-year-old bookstore, and uh, wow. we've had it. This is our 11th year owning it, and uh, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's really, really hard. Yeah, yeah. What do you find are the biggest challenges that you have to overcome to keep it going? Um, I'm trying to think of different ways to get money to come in the door. We've, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, we do online selling. Um, Mm-hmm. We like we like face to face with customers. We like to talk books. Uh, it's a, it's a challenge every day, you know. Do you find um, do events help? Does it help to hold a reading? Does it help to um, you know hype an opening? Do those things make a difference? Do they bring people into the store? Well, I'm going to whisper this. No, they don't. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I have been wondering that. You know, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's just Memphis. No, we have a hell of a time getting people out of their houses and into our store. Yeah, yeah. And we've brought pretty yeah, and prize winners and had, you know, and had four people show up. Yeah, God, that's just enormously frustrating. I mean, I just... uh, you, as we watch, you know, the the big. It's not just, and it's not just the independents that are having a hard time. And I guess there's satisfaction in that too. And you know, as we watch borders go under and all the rest of that. Um, I, you know, I, I think there are ways, and that we'll all find them. But uh, it's a challenge, and I, I um, I'm happy to do what I can to help and encourage people to walk into your store yes, and pick I, up your books. Spread and, the word. Uh, do what spread they, the word. Yeah. Buy, buy locally owned bookstores. Buy in locally owned bookstores. Exactly. Don't you know? Don't 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 keep walking. Go in. Go in. Yeah. <laughs> Go we're in. A di- we're a dying help. breed, and it's going to be sad if we're gone. Um, the other thing we had talked about was a third poem that you wanted to read, and I, I really would love to hear this one if you would for us. Thank you. I'll, I'll finish up with the titular poem to the collection, uh, which also ends it. So I'm, I'm ruining the ending. It's called, <laughs> <laughs> it's called Before the Great Troubling. There were times of great clarity. There were days when time did not imprison, did not gland had the devil. And there was a feeling that this would all go on, getting better and better, enriching us in ways we could never foresee. This was the feeling we lived under, as if it were shade. There were times before the great troubling when we were happy to think the world vast and shapeless, when we were happy to call modernity our host. This I remind myself when it closes in, this comfort somehow, as if in the past is the seed of a future, 
while I will once again walk out into the darkness as if it were my best dream, as if it held things for me that I would need, things as particular and personal as a poem. Um, you know, that was the first poem in the book that I read, and, you know, I don't need to tell you that it totally had me, you know, and that was the thing that made me really, really fall in love with the rest of it. Um, tell me what that poem meant to you when you wrote it. Well, uh, I've had, uh, I suffer from agoraphobia, uh, which literally means, uh, in bad cases, you can't leave your house. I'm, I, I'm, I'm a little bit better than that. So basically, the troubling for me was, I'm talking about the agoraphobia, but it, really, but it works for any troubling that people have in their lives. And uh, what I'm trying to say was that there was a time before the great troubling when I was not this. And mm-hmm. and there can be strength there if you can go back and get it, and uh, mm-hmm. and pray for a future where that strength will return again. I when I uh, read it, it struck me as being so uh, timely, you know, so collectively timely. And I think, um, like you said, everyone has their individual uh, reference points for it. And I found mm-hmm. it to be very um, personal and universal all at the same time. And dark but hopeful, you okay. know, which is right. why I like that as the final and um, the final poem, the final thought to leave people when they're reading it. Um, in particular, the way it, it harkens back to art and how that can can take us to that place before and and then maybe again after yeah. all that stuff that's hard in the middle. Yeah. It's a beautiful Thank poem, Corey. Thank you. Thank you. I hope it. I hope, um, yeah, I hope it does have some some universal uh, qualities too. Oh, I, I, I it like does. Oh, I, I I think so. Yeah. Thank you. Um, the book is coming out soon. We are awaiting a, a print proof um, to see it in its flesh and blood shape. Um, so you'll find some announcements about that on Facebook and. Um, Unbound Content will be doing a big announcement about that as soon as we get that done. Um, I'm very excited to see this come to pass. Um, I'm very honored to be bringing it out. It's beautiful. (laughs) It's going to be really pretty. And the preview is up. You can find a link to that at... um, at the Facebook page, and it's you know it's just it gives you a look at the cover, it gives you a look at the um, poems themselves, so it gives you something to read and to look forward to. And um, I urge you to uh, take a look at Burke's books in Memphis. You want to give an address for that, Corey? Uh, certainly, nine thirty six South Cooper. And you guys have an online presence as well. People can find you from all over the country. We do. It's Excuse me, BurksBooks.com. B-U-R-K-E-S-Books.com. And you have a website where you promote all of your writings. Mm-hmm. And all my books can be bought on the Burks site. Personal Fantastic. Life, if you're into that. Which is always nice. Um, and, I, I, you know, I think the books are so personal to start with, it just makes it that much better when they can be inscribed. Yeah. Um. We're out of time, and there's so many more things I wanted to talk to you about, so we're just going to have to book you again for another day. I'd love it. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and to read from the upcoming book that we're awaiting with such anticipation. Thank you.
I enjoyed um, it. Uh, I'm going to be, like I said, giving you all some great announcements. In the meantime, um, have a wonderful week. Do something poetic and get ready, everyone. Oh, Corey, final question. Are you doing National uh, Poetry Month? Are you writing a poem a day or are you going to skip it? <laughs> I, I write a poem a day anyway. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm, I'll give it a try. You know, I, I don't know. I always think, oh, I can't do it. And, you know, we, I always find myself feeling pressure. And most of them aren't po- poems I would ever try and pursue anything else for, but I can say I did it at the end. Right, right. <laughs> All right, so get your pens ready, everyone, your keyboards, whatever you do, but start because tomorrow is April 1st and National Poetry Month kicks off. So, yeah, take up the challenge. If you're not a writer, read a poem a day. If you're uh, if you dabble in both, you know, take an alternating view of it. But whatever you do, support the art. It is a wonderful thing. Um, have a great week, everyone. Bye bye. Bye.